This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about all the joys, pains, suffering, sorrow, and magnificence of the art of Aikido. I am Aikido President and Instructor Christopher Hine, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, Assistant Instructor at Aikido of Fresno. There it is. We go. We're, we're ready. Now we're intro. We're intro. We're uh, let's go ahead and just straight up, before we do anything else uh, on this episode, uh, give all of our props and thank yous to the people who help support this episode, this episode, this podcast, and uh, ensure that you can hear it week after week. So, patrons. <laughs> all right. So and I'm looking at Maya. Get that out of the way. Um, okay, so... Uh, thank you so much to our patrons. They are Rob Kitson, John Smith, Urbano, Lenny Acuna, Jim Sullivan, Matt Riley, and Warwick Dean, and Grant Templin. Thank right. you so much, guys. Uh, we really appreciate all your help. Um, and if you and if you, uh, as a listener, would like to become a patron, you can find that on our SoundCloud page um, and anything that you can. On, uh, yeah, Patreon. I get to discuss. Yeah. 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 And anything you can do would be helpful. Uh, again, that helps us, A, have equipment that we need to do to make this sound good. It means that all of our episodes will be archived and up for you to take a listen to or multiple listen to listens to if you need. I was talking to one of our listeners, uh, Ted Rose, the other day, and uh, he was saying uh, he listened to the art episode. No, no, no. It was the Marshall episode. And he was like, I'm still confused about whether or not it's Marshall. And I said, so am I. And I was in the room having the conversation. So so it might take a couple listens is what I'm saying. And uh, our patrons allow that to happen. Yeah. Thanks, guys. There it is. Okay. okay. So this week we're talking about uh, starting an Aikido club. This okay. uh, topic idea came from Jared Wilson of Marshall Thoughts Podcast. So a uh, good plug for Jared Wilson's podcast. Uh, he also has a Patreon account, uh, so if you'd like to help him pay for his podcast, you can do that. Um, so, and you know, it's not that everybody's like trying to get rich. No one's getting rich doing this, by the way. But um, it just costs money to put this stuff up, so um, so it helps. So, if you're interested in listening to these things, and and I would like to give a, a good plug for Marshall Thoughts Podcast. It's a great podcast. He has lots of interesting hosts on or guests on there, um, and they talk about all kinds of different subjects. But this topic came from him, uh, and he said that he was starting a new group. Um, through the high school that I think he works for. And um, so he was going to be starting an Aikido group from scratch. And uh, he was thinking about all the stuff he has to do for that. And then he was like, hey, a lot of people might be interested in that. And he said, you know, he's kind of done it before, so he's got an idea of how to do it. But other people, you know, when you're starting it new, it's like how do I get a bunch of people who don't do Aikido right. to do Aikido right. from nothing? Right. right. And especially so, you, you know, we're pretty lucky, I feel like, here – in Fresno, in that um, there was an Aikido school. There were several schools, and at least one that ha has had a long sort of history um, of being here a while, and, and it was a club before it was a school. And so there, we have that, and, you know, if someone wants to do Aikido, they can do a little search uh, and find several, uh, a couple of places at least that, that do it and have kind of choices, but a lot of places probably don't. Right. So you might be on your own in wherever you're at and really into Aikido and there's nothing around and you you want to find someone else just so you can do grabs or whatever. On right, stuff right. Like that. And, you know, like if, if you don't understand exactly what we're talking about, like uh, think about starting a group from nothing. So, you know, if, if you started teaching Aikido uh, recently, 
that's, you know, that's kind of a, it's a daunting practice, but it's like you're probably teaching in a school that's already formed with other people who already more or less understand what's being done. Um, and so you don't have to start anyone from scratch, but like starting a group 100% from scratch is daunting, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I did that. Um, and it, it's, it's a challenging thing because you're taking people who don't know anything um, with no other people to help support you to figure it out, you right. know? And so, so that's what Michael Varon and I did when we, we first started uh, our group. Uh, was we just took a bunch of people who didn't know Aikido and started teaching them Aikido. Um, and there's a lot of little little things to, to understand when, yeah. when going into that. Well, practice. and I think, you know, you, both of you also had an up in that you were both uh, black belts at the time. So right. you had that understanding, that base understanding. But, you know, there are probably groups where people are going to start and have, you know, less than, less than yeah. you know, that kind of understanding and, and still want to train and want to try something. So I've seen a, a couple of a fair amount of posts actually on Reddit where that's the question is someone says, I'm in, you know, uh, rural, you know, in the middle of the U.S. Kansas. You know, I'm in Kansas and there's there's no one, no Aikido school as far as the eye can see. And I know a couple people that are interested in it, too. And we're thinking about starting a group. And, uh, you know, the person maybe has had a couple years of Aikido, but definitely not a black belt. And so that's that's a pretty daunting right, task. Very daunting <laughs> task, yeah. But if you're, in, you know, if you're down to do it, then it, you know, you definitely can. Yeah, it's totally possible. So what's the, where's the starting point? What's the... Um, so I think the starting point in. is actually what we're talking about right now, which is assessing what you do have, right? So like for Michael and I, um, as difficult as it was, like it was still kind of easy, like you said, because... We were both black belts. We came from, uh, both did a lot of Aikido. And so we always had each other for uke. So meaning, you know, you could always depend upon the other guy to, to take ukemi. Um, so you have to look at what you have and assess, you know, like what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? You know, am I dealing with all college kids? That's a real strength in the fact that they're all probably very physical, right? They're already probably already doing other activities. And also they're unlikely to have a lot of terrible injuries sure. um, because they're more athletic and because they're younger and healthier. So that's a big asset. And they're you know? also generally a captive audience in right. that you might have them for a class or, right. you know, uh, a, a, a club or whatever that, that they have an interest in attending because it's part of this larger thing that right. they're doing. So. Um, and then on the other side of that, you know, say if you have a bunch of uh, older people starting Aikido, uh, you know, a bunch of 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds starting Aikido, then I look at it as like, oh, you know, these people have been through the learning process with other things before, so you can play to those strengths, right? Um, and so maybe you, you don't want to have a huge physical practice, but you can play to the fact that these people have all at least taken on one or two other things in their life that they've tried to learn, you know? Well, and understanding, like, your resources as well. So, like, a group of college kids probably don't have much extra spending money. Right. So, you know, having it be on campus right close to them and – focus on doing, you know, more physical stuff because they're, you know, young and, and physical right. and, you know, where maybe an older group of people, you could, uh, you know, it might, practice might be a little bit more spaced out because maybe they have full-time jobs. Right. But or, also maybe they have more financial resources. Right, So exactly. you can get more uh, outside instructors to come in, have more seminars. You guys can seminars. take a trip somewhere. Right, exactly, like, right. There's more possibilities with that. As so, well. uh, so I think first on the list is uh, assess your resources, right? Like, what kind of space do you have? What kind of times are you going to have? You know, and that's a big important thing to understand. You know, not everybody can go at five o'clock at night because they've got ten things to do. You know, so maybe you have to have later night classes or earlier classes. But figure out how you can 
best get a group started. And that might be more simply than you originally envisioned, you know, so I get uh, excited about things. I'm like, we're going to do it seven days a week and blah, blah, blah. But maybe it's like you got to start with Saturday afternoons, and that's what we do, or Saturday yeah. mornings for, you know, two years or whatever. Like, uh, be willing to build with it. So assess your resources and play to those strengths. And then be honest about what you're intending on to the people that you're trying to get sure, to come absolutely. and do it, you know. Because um, I've been, like, Sometimes you sign up for things and you don't realize what a commitment they're going to nah. be, and it's just a little bit too much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all done this. You get where... halfway in and you go, wait a second. Right. What if I I didn't know I signed that? up for, you know, I'd sign up for a music group and didn't realize that I was going to have to be performing every so Buying often. Buying costumes every week. Right, right. I, I had, there was all these hidden expenses and just things that I didn't know about. So, you know, if you're approaching friends and, and other people to come train with you, be like, be clear about what it is once you've decided what it is you want to do with these people so that they know that they can make room in their schedule and financially have the resources to be able to join you. Yeah. So uh, so assess your resources. I'd say that's number one on the list. Uh, number two, um, assess what you can do um, and how that can build, right? So look, you know, you are starting a new group, but you are a 30-year Aikido instructor, and you've taught at these schools, and you're starting in a new place with a brand new group. That's a different situation than you have six months of Aikido with a teacher, and you've done a bunch of reading, and you're real excited, and you just want to have a group to practice with, right? Those are two different animals, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, so be honest with, with your expectations for the group now and how that group's going to grow, right? So right. are we growing towards... Uh, having a bunch of black belts in the dojo. Are we growing towards simply we have an idea about Aikido? You know, like what what are we right. trying to get to? Right? And be be honest in that, like you have six months, you you don't probably know enough to start teaching people. Like you could teach people grabs and things that that are going to help you practice your own. But at that level, probably what you are looking for is someone just to be a body for you, so you right. can practice together. Right. And so don't get some grand idea in your head that you're going to bring these people in and do hardcore sparring or whatever when right. you right. you may have never seen that yourself. Right. Walk um, before you can run right. nature's rule. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh, well, what about uh, also at this, this level, this stage, so, you know, um, finding those people. So maybe you have friends and maybe you have, like, some, some people around you that are interested, but if you don't, uh, are there ways to go about finding other like-minded people in your area and pull them in and like I'm whatever? I'm still struggling with this myself. <laughs> no, no. That's but, why uh, I it, it really um, it really has gotten easier for me the last few years here. But um, uh, that was the biggest thing in the beginning. And I mean, I remember we tried everything. We tried. We went to the movie theater once and flyered people's cars yeah. like uh, while they were in the movies. You know, um, we walked through uh, idealized neighborhoods, neighborhoods where we thought we would get the kind of people we wanted. Um, and stuck things in people's mailbox, which I think is illegal. Um, we, uh, you know, we did <laughs> all kinds illegal. of, uh, Meet up. all kinds. Of, then I didn't do it. If it's illegal, I did not. Did, did. <laughs> um, but no, it. I mean, you know, we tried all kinds of stuff. Um, and Craigslist, you tried Craigslist. Yeah, we tried Craigslist a bunch. Um, we tried uh, Facebook was was fairly good, but when in the early days we didn't have Facebook. Facebook was around, but it right, wasn't right, like right. it is now. You know, um, so, meet up, meet up to. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had a meetup for years. So um, I don't even know is meetup popular anymore. Nah, like. I, it's still around. Um, so, but yeah, Meetup's yeah. like a resource where you could uh, offer a class, and then people can come on a regular basis and do it. Like we offered ours for free, just to get people interested. Um, so, you know, we tried lots of things. Um, what I believe is the most important is be consistent and persistent, right? So, like, 
keep doing it and do it regularly because you know I especially in the beginning I would try something I would get a good idea you know like oh this is gonna work and then I would do it and then not get you know some calls the next week and be like oh well that didn't, didn't work. work screw that you know right. um, and it's it's taken a long time for me to realize that it's like you are not going to get calls right away you're just gonna have to keep talking to no one it's gonna seem like you like you're talking to no one for a while until people see the flyer 10 times or something and they go, oh, maybe I do want to do that, that, you know? You had a student come in the other day and we were talking about it later, uh, a new person, and you're like, it's funny, I've talked to this person maybe, you know, 10 times on the phone. I don't right. know, 10 times is a lot, but, um, you know, you you'd said that you'd talk to this person and you're like, I, I thought, uh, you know, I kind of thought they were just one of these people that would just call and call but never come in. Right. And I was like, yeah, but, like, so it takes people a while sometimes to, like, have it work in your brain before you end up showing up. So I think that consistent exposure of seeing a flyer over and over, seeing something online over and over, and, and having it work in your brain, even sometimes it takes people a couple months to, to work up the courage to go try it out or to yeah. find the space or the time to do it. Yeah, I started um, a, a homeschool program uh, last year, and it's funny because I went to this tabling event, and I left the table event thinking um, – I talked to several people – but no one came and signed up. And so I was like, oh, you know, that was kind of a waste of time because no one came. All of the people I talked to, almost all the people I talked to, ended up signing up eventually, months later, mm -hmm. months later. But, like, they ended up eventually coming. And so it's so weird that, like, it did pay off, but it took a long time. And, like, right. you've got to be willing to allow for that. Um, so don't just go, you know, no one showed up for three months. Forget this project. Right, you know, right. like, you're going to make a commitment. You should make a commitment probably for at least a year, you know, if you're going to do it because it's going to take a while for you to build people. Um, and then also don't be sad when you gain people, lose people, gain people, lose people. That's normal Aikido stuff. You know? That's ups and downs. Um, yeah. Normal martial arts. And, stuff, and also be okay with like, um, it might be two of you guys in the park for a real long oh, time. Oh, yeah. I did that for a long time. Um, and that's cool. That's fine. Play, use what you have together to, to explore and to have fun with it yeah. as, as much as you can. And that will build. Um, well, as well and and yeah. if you if you the the group whatever it is one you know two four people whatever can can really get in and lock in um and and be good with what you're doing and explore you're really going to grow uh in a really like organic and nice way and i feel like the, a lot of our school now where it is um is because at the beginning we had three four five people who were just always there always locked in doing the same things thinking about aikido in the same way and it allowed us to really grow and develop things we got a um, solid base in a really nice way yeah. um and now yeah now we definitely have a solid base and it's only because we were okay you know especially as a business uh you know if you're looking at well i have four people that are coming consistently is that sustainable well i uh, but at the end of it, you have four people who are really good at the thing that you you were teaching, yeah. you know, and, that, I, that, and locked in uh, mindset-wise, too. And I feel like, too, like having that core group, like having fun, you know, and whether that's fun in terms of like we go real slow, everything's just super chill and easy, or fun as in we're, you know, going to try we sparring. Fight night, yeah, you know, fight whatever club, whatever, whatever level, but like having a, like a good base of like, you know, because if it's you and one other mm. guy – and you don't like that guy, <laughs> that that club's gonna fall apart real fast. And that seems like a no dub, but like, you know, people wanna come and wanna hang out with other people that are having a good time and that are passionate about what they're doing. You know? I remember so. uh, Michael and I, we used to have this. Uh, so Michael and I taught together for about a year, maybe a little more than a year, just in the park. We had one student for about a year. Um, he was a, a ex Marine, he had just gotten back, and we were exactly what he needed, and he was exactly what I needed, right? So, like, 
uh, we were just like training in the fog and training in the mud and training in the rain. We didn't care, you know. We were just beating the hell out of each other constantly, you know. And I remember uh, I was talking to to one of the students from the dojo that I came from at the time, and and uh, she was like, "Oh, you know, how was how's the project coming? You know, how's your school doing?" And I said, "Well, we only have one student, but uh, we're trying to build, you know." And she's like, "Oh, what ways? You know, we're talking about ways to build." And then she, oh, what's the training like? And I'm like, man, you know, we'll get out in the mud and we'll train and then the fog and late at night and we can't see each other and sometimes we get hit with sticks. And and she's like, Chris, did you ever think that maybe people aren't coming in because right, right, that's right, what right, you're right, doing? Right, 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 right. But like that was the group we right. wanted at, at the, the time, time yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. we wanted to do that stuff and that was really fun for all of us. So so whatever it is, like Maya said, whether it's, you know, be calm and slow and it's just, you know, something fun to do or it's, you know, you guys are going to be hardcore into it, whatever it is, it's cool. But just make sure that that's, that's right. what you're providing, you know. And then also Josh said, and I wanted to hit this, is he said from a business standpoint. And so look, maybe you're a much better businessman than I am. <laughs> and if you're listening, this is good, good chances you are a much better businessman than I am or businesswoman than I am um, because uh, I am no good. But, but I think you cannot look at it as a business venture for a long time. Um, Meaning, you know, like I uh, spent all this time training, assistant instructing, and then taught in the park essentially for free for years. We charged a very small amount, but it was uh, it took years to get enough to, to pay for a little mat. Um, and then I taught in my garage. Um, it's a it's going to be a long haul. So don't if, – if you're planning on getting money out of this, uh, you could probably just wipe just that off stop, the table yeah. right now. Um, and I would recommend collecting at least a small fee because um, it will build, you know. So yeah. like when Michael and I started, we collected a really small fee. And we just collected it, collected it, collected it until we had enough stuff to start buying stuff for the dojo, which was great, you know, because we bought pads and different stuff we needed. Um, but it was more like a club and not a business. Exactly. It's like right. this totally. is our, our group right. fund. Exactly right. right. Yeah. yeah. So so you really need to look at it as a club and not as a business for probably a long time, you know. And maybe you're real clever at business, and maybe if you're real clever at business, you shouldn't be doing like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> but, but, uh, but Aikido doesn't need business right now. Aikido right, needs right. people loving right. Aikido. Yeah, sure, but, sure. Um, and I think, you know, from – the standpoint of, of this conversation and, and where it came from, it, it, we're not talking about a business. We're right. talking about, you know, right. something different, a club, and especially if it's, you know, tied into a school or something right. like that. And so also with that, you know, comes keep your overhead low, you know, so if you can teach in a uh, adult school or a school program or a park or a garage or something like that to keep your, your costs down to nothing yeah. would be fantastic. You well, if you are someone maybe who does have a starting fund, you know what I mean? You're Maybe you um, have pretty good savings and you're like, I want to spend this on starting an Aikido club. Um, just, you know, be smart about that because maybe, you know, your first idea is I want to get a big dojo. I want to spend a bunch of money. It's like maybe, mm, you don't know, do don't spend a bunch of money up front doing it until you figure out what you want. You know, like I feel like this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. When you get into something new, instead of buying the fanciest, best gear immediately, right. try it for a little while. You know, you ri learn how to ride your bike for a year. Figure out what's a good bike, what's a bad bike, what kind of biking you want to do before right. you buy the fanciest road bike you've ever seen and realize you like mountain biking better. You know, Unfortunately, $6,000 right. on this bike. Unfortunately, right. I feel like mo a lot of people, that's where they fall in. It's like, oh, I'm going to learn to play guitar and I just bought this Stratocaster. Right. Whatever, you know, I just yeah. bought this $7,000 rig, you know. Right. Uh, instead of being like, all right, let me buy this $300 guitar that's totally awesome and can do what I want, and then we'll 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 build from there. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, maybe you will later spend a bunch of money on, like, a really nice mat and have a place right. to put yeah. it and all that stuff. But, like, you know, just hold it for a minute, and if you've got a good fund, then, you know, hell yeah, that's awesome. Right. But, you know, don't drop a bunch immediately. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's logistic stuff, you know, um, assess what you have, um, be realistic about your goals and getting students in and what kind of group you're going to form, um, and then uh, getting started. So it really depends on, on the kind of group you're going to have. But, um, you know, like, so to me the biggest thing was can people take Ukimi? Because it's just really confusing if you don't understand what the concept of Ukimi is to try and get Aikido, right? So, so to me, one of the first things you need to hit is make sure everyone's comfortable falling, right? So you got to do a lot of that, a lot of Ukimi drills. Uh, and make sure everyone's uh, comfortable with uh, uh, being in contact with each other, holding each other, pushing each other, stuff like that, because that's going to happen. And start that off really, really slow so you acclimate them to it. Because naturally people, especially, you know, you've got a group of people who don't know anything. They're going to want to make it fight club, right? Because right? they're all excited <laughs> yeah, yeah. and want to do stuff. <sighs> and so if you're not way on top of that, then it's going to get out of hand really, really fast. Um, and, you know, maybe someone will get hurt. That would really suck. But it's also just going to make for an unfun practice, all these people scrambling around. Um, I would say really limit your drills and make your drills clear. You know, this is the thing we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to achieve this. Um, and don't be ashamed about saying stuff to people, you know, like that's just too hard to grab for this right now or, you know, right, stuff right. like that. Because like a lot of times it's like, you know, you're trying to do Shionage and you got someone who doesn't take Ukimi right and your options are to, you know, dislocate their shoulder and do a good Shionage so everyone can see that or to say, hey, bro, slow down right now right, right. and quit rolling out of the Shionage because, you know, yeah. like uh, I need to show this technique. Um, so just be honest with everyone about that. I think I think that's really important. So to me, ukimi is the first thing to hit. You have to ukimi and a good tai sabaki, good ability to use your body and be clear. And I feel, uh, remember, especially if you're starting from scratch, if you're an instructor who knows a little bit more and you're starting from scratch, like um, other people that uh, are just beginning, they're you are going to think they're going to be bored just rolling around all the time or doing stupid footwork patterns or just grabbing people. You, you you will have a tendency to be like, oh, I got I to gotta sexy this up for them right, or else they're going right, to leave. Right. They won't because they don't know. So for them, just figuring out how to grab someone and move is a, is a, is a thing that's going to cool. take yep. them a while. Yep. Um, rolling on the ground, like I remember starting and the first time I realized like, oh, my God, I can just roll wherever I want was awesome. So, you know, those things, while you think um, just standing in the park and swinging, you know, uh, Bokan and Saburi for however long, is uh, stupid and people are going to get bored of it they're not right, right so right, be right, okay right. with just you can do basics right. you can just do tenkan for a long yep. time and people yep. are gonna you know freak out about it and try to figure it out and, and um and, and that's fine and not just don't be scared to do that like you need to well, do right. that right like so your beginning students only have you to look at for aikido so you have to show them over and over and over what it is and then with that josh hit on another important point i think which is try not to teach beyond your understanding. Yeah, yeah. I was um, just going to say. Man, and this is a big one where, you know, it's like, you know, and you see this in, in you know, well-organized schools too where some guy gets to teach who doesn't normally get to teach and he starts pontificating about all this crazy stuff he wants to do because he did this one seminar once three years ago and this guy did this super special technique and he wants to do it too. Don't do that. Right. Just teach at the level you're 100% comfortable with, mm -hmm. right? So. You should be able to field any question within the range of what you're teaching easily. You right. should be able to field those questions. You shouldn't be uh, super confused. If you are super confused, don't be scared to say you're confused and then figure it out later. Right, right. Uh, yeah. But try to teach within and, your capability. I think this is a good point. And I think, you know, if you get to a certain point, because I think that we did this a lot when we first started out, where um, it was like, 
you're exploring something. So we're going to do some stuff that like maybe none of us really understand all that well, but that's okay because we're working on it and we're right. working on it together and we're trying to get to a point. Um, what I think happens a lot of times is instructors, um, instead of teaching, they want to work on things that they, you know, they want to explore And themselves. they want to say they're teaching it right. while they do it. Right, right. Yes. Um, and so knowing that difference, knowing like either I'm teaching this or helping you to grab grasp this concept or I'm working on this concept on my own. And I might do that through, you know, using other people. Right, right, right. But be clear about that. Otherwise, stuff's going to get crazy really quick. Well, and I was going to mention it, kind of in conjunction with both of those things, like <clears> – <throat> know what your role and what everyone else's role in this club or group is. So, like, is it structured like you're the teacher and everyone else is kind of students and you're teaching things? Um, is it more fluid? Is it completely democratic where you've got a couple other people that know Aikido kind of and you, and you take turns kind of saying, let's do this, let's do that? Like, what is it? Because I feel like that might bring up a lot of yeah. moments of, uh, concern and confusion and frustration right. if, you know, say there's another person who's also done some Aikido and you've done some Aikido and you're saying do it this way, they're saying do it that way, like, probably shouldn't hash that out in front of the rest of the group, you know, right. like, figure out before who's leading the thing right. and just listen to that person as, you know, if they're leading it, we're doing and, it their way, And you know? I think that's a, like, good, a good thing and that's something we should maybe talk about is like, how do you set that up? I mean, right. it seems to me like you got to have a leader and so you, if there's one person that's leading and you can just follow their leader, that's going to make things easier in a lot of respects. Um, but maybe that's not how the group should be set up. I, I mean... Well, and in that situation that you were talking about where it's something new, no one knows anything about it. I mean, there probably shouldn't really be anyone leading right, if right. The, that person doesn't actually know what they're talking about. But we also about, have you to, know? you have to be cool with that being the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, feel that way with a lot of the sword stuff that we do right now, uh, non-Japanese sword stuff, um, where it's like, look, we're all, we, none of us really understand it completely. We have levels, you know. Um, so it's just an exploration, and we understand that is the, the situation. So it's not like, you know, one person is standing up and going, this is how it is. It's like, right. this is how I think it is. Let's look at it for a second. And I think there's a lot that can be gained from that, um, especially if then you have something else to look back on, either a text that you're using, um, you know, if, if you do have an instructor that maybe you bring in every now and again, uh, YouTube you know, video, some YouTube something. seminars, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, you know, like, so what Josh talking about the sort of stuff we're doing right now, so we're, we're going through uh, 133, which is a historical sword and buckler system from the 13th century, um, and, you know, there in lots of ways are no experts, right? So like it's yeah. like, you know, it's just kind of a crapshoot in general. And there are definitely people who've been working on it for, you know, 15, 20 years. And it's like those are really cool people to listen to. But certainly amongst the three of us who are trying to go through it right now, none of us know, you know. And so uh, you have to be open with it, right? And that doesn't mean that you can't figure out things and you can't have good heated arguments about things. I mean, not heated, but, you know, like excited yeah, arguments yeah, yeah. about things and discussions about things. Um, but just be open to the fact that, you know, no one here is an expert, and that's okay. And I think that sometimes gets lost in the the dogmatic approach that a lot of times traditional martial arts have, which is like, you know, there is a sensei, and Bow there is sensei. a correct right, way. Right, you know, right. and, and that's uh, I, I, uh, binary thinking, you know, like which like, there's a right way and a wrong way. And really most Aikido schools, when I see people having problems, it's like, well, you're both saying something that's true, right, right. but what is the situation where that one's more true or that one's more true? Because, right. I mean, I can generally see. 
there is a situation right. where that one's more correct. Yeah, and they're arguing and mad at each other. And it's like, well, you're both right. right. Like, and you're both wrong. And you're both, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, I, having someone, like, figuring out who, who's leading. Right, what the structure. structure is. Who's leading, who's in charge for this class and that class and or whatever. Right. So that there's not that, not that awkward time where you're arguing in front of everyone. <laughs> right. Um, as as so one of the the biggest frustrations or worries um, can be when you're starting a group is uh, when I'm demonstrating a technique, uh, who's going to take with Kimmy for me, and will they know how to take it correctly? Yeah. So um, actually, one of the most the greatest learning experiences I ever had was I took over an afternoon class um, at the the school that I learned Aikido in, uh, which is a well established school, um, and uh, uh, I had this group of people who didn't know Aikido, and it was always changing. So I didn't even have a regular guy to come take with Kimmy for me, you know? So what I had to learn to do was do the technique that they provided for me in that situation, right? So, you know, if I got a stiff guy, I would do more rokyos and more, you know, more things that involved stiff guy stuff. If I got a real floppy guy, then I would do more techniques that involved floppy guys. So I bent myself to what the uke could do instead of trying to expect the uke to force themselves that sounds to like, what uh, I did. It sounds like Aiki. Yeah. yeah, it's shocking, right? <laughs> Whoa! Um, but uh, so by doing that, I actually learned Aikido way better through that, and I could have consistent and good demonstrations of techniques, right? Like I just did the technique. Now, look, I, I also had had you know probably about Some eight years of Aikido right. under my belt right. at that point, and had already insisted. So I already knew quite a bit about Aikido. Um, but um, that's a good experience, and you know if that's what you're worried about, either be ultra clear about the situation you're providing. So, and here's something: if you don't already know this. Um, no technique fits every situation. Every technique is situational. So be clear about why that technique's arising, what the situation is, and then either be super clear about telling your uke, this is what's happening in this situation, or as nage, be ready to go with what they give, and then just whatever consistent thing they give, you teach that kind of technique. And if you're not confident with your ability to go with whatever they give because maybe you haven't had an entire you know you're, you're not black belt you're not you don't know the entire system to be able to do that um you know if there's a certain few techniques that you're wanting to teach and that you are comfortable teaching maybe meet like pick someone who you feel like is the most capable person to take your ukemi and meet with them for a half hour before the class yeah. um so that or before the group or whatever and and just kind of show them what you're planning on showing and that makes you feel better than maybe that would work too and, and this is a super normal thing, by the way. Um, you know, people who say have, you know, maybe about eight, ten years of Aikido experience. At eight, ten years or so, you're probably going to be really good at some techniques. You know, like you have a killer Ikkyo, Nikkyo, Sankyo, Kokinage, Iriminage, right? Something like that. Like those are all really good for you. But you still kind of have a crappy Jujinage, Kaitanage, Koshinage, Gokyo. You know, like um, that's okay that your group gets really good at those things that you're good sure, at. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of wait until they're all on on board and then start to introduce the other things because i mean i've gone to a lot of aikido schools where it's like oh in this school we really don't do kaitanage because the teacher doesn't really understand it and that's okay right um and 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 give it time that's that's perfectly acceptable and reasonable so do you feel like there needs to be like a like so i'm thinking about someone who's just starting out they don't know a bunch of aikido they maybe had a few classes they maybe been to a seminar they're starting a group there's no place to start. So I, I'm, I'm going back to, you know, the 133 stuff that we do. There's a book. There's a text that we can follow that we can kind of look back on and go, hey, this, this, this doesn't seem like what we're doing. 
how do do we how do you get that for Aikido? Are there are there are there texts? Are there books? Are there stuff that we can that other people can look at and go, all right, we're doing uh, Ikkyo. Ah, it feels weird. I can look at a video and go, ah, see how we're doing it differently than this guy or, or mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Or is that even important? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so like it, it kind of depends on you and your group personally and how you guys shape up. So you could pick someone to emulate, right? So say you want to do Iwama style Aikido. There's tons of video of Saito Sensei doing Iwama style Aikido and you can see any technique you want. You can basically see the structure of how I presented stuff. There's traditional Aikido, which is a awesome encyclopedic uh, select collection of Iwama style Aikido. You can see all his weapon techniques, all his taijutsu. You know, it's like it, that's a good source, for example, where you could like really explore Aikido from that perspective. There's tons of groups you could get involved with, so so that's a good way to do it. Or you can kind of have a little more eclectic approach where you say, you know, like we're uh, I'm having problems with Ikkyo. Let's look at how Shiota does it. Let's, Let's look, look at, at how yeah, yeah. Saito does it. Let's look at how you know. Uh, Ueshiba does it. Let's look at how, you know, so so it depends on what, what's better for you guys, you know, like, um, but I would say be clear about what your approach is to that, right? So, like, if it's Iwama, then it's Iwama, and don't all of a sudden throw in some weird Yoshinkan that you don't understand, right? right, right. Um, but if it is going to be eclectic, don't say, well, we only do what Saito-sensei does, and right. we never do what Shiota does, or we, you know what I mean? So, if it's eclectic, it's eclectic. If it's uh, a style, it's a style. It'd be cool to do like take like a book club approach or something too. If, if everyone kind of wants to educate themselves together, like it's you know instead of one person teaching everyone else what they know, like everyone could get a book, you know, to find an Aikido book sure. that is sure you know well known maybe you know, and Aikido read it together and go through it together. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I uh, I belong to a, a Meyer group, um, which is a German uh, German Lichtenauer tradition. So it's a it's a it's a historical European system. And, sword fighting. Um, yeah, sword fighting. Um, and stick. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a German yeah. German system. Well, so um, the the group set up where there's one guy who's the main leader and he's been doing it for a long time, but he really has a cool approach, which is like, hey, if you guys want to read a section and then present something, you should do that. You know, so like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's saying, you know, like I'm not an expert on all this stuff. Um, so if you got something you really want to work on, do that. And that's like my was saying, like a book club kind yeah. of approach. And I think that's a good yeah, and valid yeah, approach yeah, 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 to yeah. take. Um, and humble as a teacher, you know, so. As, a, as an instructor or as a group leader, whatever it is, you have to kind of realize your own bullshit in the right, midst right, of all this. Right, and if you right. don't do that, people are going to start to see through that, and, and then everyone's going to be contemptible right. about it. And, and you, you can't be the only person running everything. It's just right. too hard. Right. And it if you are, hard. no one wants to really be under you. It's not yeah. fun to be under someone that's got a power trip and is, wants to control everything, you yeah. know? So you got to share that with other people. Um, and then, uh, so I think another thing to talk about is, you know, your school's doing well, or your group or whatever club is doing well. How do you want to proceed, right? So um, as you start to get a better base and you have a more regular practice and you've collected some funds, um, what do you want to do? And, and I think this is an important thing to realize how deeply you might want to be involved, you know? So like uh, the progression I took was basically, you know, like park, uh, garage, and backyard, um, a public official in school, right? Um, and so it's like deciding if you want each one of those because when I took over Aikido Fresno, in some ways it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, like, and that sounds weird because I had actually studied Aikido right. Fresno. Um, but it's like I had to make concessions. When we were in my garage, it was Fight Club. Right. You know, Do whatever you want. Right, right, right. Everyone's, you know, young and vital. And so, like, we, we could have that, you know, and, and I could have whatever I wanted. You know, I remember I had a thing on the, the, the website that said, like, 
you know, if you're not serious about Aikido, don't even come. Right. You know, because it was just like, it's like, it's hardcore. You know, right. like, I didn't like to talk to people on the phone. You know, people, I'd be like, well, if you show up, we'll talk. If you don't show up, we're not going to talk. And here's the address, right? Um, and that was the attitude I had. <laughs> come because, to my backyard. Exactly hey, right. You know. Yeah. And, and survivor don't. You know, that, right. that was the feeling I had. Um, and then, like, I remember once I was on the phone with this person after I'd taken over Aikido Fresno, and I was just really curt. And one of the students was like, is that how you talk to everybody on the phone? And I was like, yeah. And, and she was like, that, that might not might be not good be, for right, business. Right. And, and I was like, well, if they don't care about Aikido, what do I care? And I was like, oh, this is a different right, thing, right, Chris. Right. You know, like, it's I had to realize animal. that, like, you know, it's not my own little thing anymore. It's become bigger, you know? And so, so yeah. then I had to, like, oh, we have to have kids' classes. We have to be able to have senior citizens come. We have to be able to, you know, different people have to be able to include them because that's part of getting bigger. Right. And so if you don't want to do that, that's cool. Right. But just don't do that. But understand that as you become a bigger and bigger school and, and have more opportunities, you have more opportunities and have to provide for more people, more responsibility comes with that. Yeah. Awesome. And what do you think about, uh, I'm just, whoa. Sorry. I'm just trying to give uh, options for people. So let's say you, you have a club. You know, is it is it a good idea for, as a club, to go travel somewhere and if you can and, and do seminars and, and uh, or classes in, in that way haven't would you suggest like if you're just starting out bring an instructor in to, to come and, and give you some some ideas to kind of set set yourself as you you begin to grow if you are just starting out in Aikido you got to so you know say you're in the middle of nowhere and you um, are starting out and you have very little Aikido experience yourself I think going to seminars is an absolute must um, I don't go to a lot of seminars now, personally, because I'm real clear about what I want out of Aikido and what I need out of Aikido. But when I first started Aikido, I went to tons of seminars, right? And so you have to get around other Aikido people and understand how it works, right? And it, it's good for you. And it's good for your group, especially if you've had little previous experience to Aikido. So I think going to seminars is absolutely essential. Having people come to you is costly. And so it depends on your group, right? So if we were talking about a group where it's like, you know, everyone here's a retiree who has, you know, over 200000 in the bank and everyone can help support the group and you can afford to have an instructor come for two grand for a two-day seminar or something, you know, then cool, do that. But having someone come is very cost prohibitive. So unless you've made good connections and you know, that's possible too, you reach out to a group that's maybe, you know, a few hours away from you and you're like, hey, can we come see you sometimes Then maybe you can come for not a whole lot of money, right, right. you know, like... Um, uh, don't say that to them, by the way. That's really rude. Uh, what you do is you, you make good connections to them, and they offer. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but that's the kind of thing you, you want to build those kinds of connections. But, yes, you have to get experience and hands-on with other Aikido people. Otherwise, your Aikido becomes isolated and kind of weird, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And there are plenty of those happening around around the country, you know. So, well, I'm just, you know, even if you are in a place that, that doesn't have – Aikido anywhere close, you know, you can probably within, you know, uh, four, six hour drive, you know, whatever, get to some place oh, yeah. where they'll have a seminar. Yeah. You know. Or, you know, stuff like, you know, seminars in Vegas or right, something right. like big groups right, like right, that. Right, yeah, right, go right. to it. Go to, and it's great because something like that where there's maybe like, you know, 10 teachers instructing or something, you'll get to meet the teachers plus their students plus the community that surrounds that. Yeah. So it's interesting. You'll get, you'll get kind of hooked up. Um, and then kind of I want to throw this in there too. Um, don't feel like you need to sign up with some organization. Now, if you do, you do. But um, don't feel that there's a pressure. They're like, oh, we won't be legitimate if we don't belong to organization XYZ, right? Like, don't feel like that. 
do your own thing. Let yourself grow. If that becomes important for your group, then let right. it become important for your group. If not, there not, might yeah. yeah, there are definitely there could be reasons for you to want to be a part of sure, that. Of course, and especially depending on what your students uh, deem as being important. If your students are like, I I I would want to have my whatever recognized by some group, then sure, you know. But if your students but it's are, not a necessity. Uh, if your students are okay with like, I know what I know, and that's right. That's the most important thing. Then you might not necessarily need to go down that path. Right. Yeah. Awesome. What else? Anything? Um. I think this. Are is, there this like is a really typical good. problems that that schools experience? Things that we haven't addressed that kind of come up in those first early times monitor the number of injuries you're having, right? So, like, look, before you know it, all your students can be beat up. You know, like, what I'm saying is if you, you're going real hard and the group's not ready for that, all of a sudden, everyone's got broke toes. And or everyone's, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so, you so take weeks off. Watch so that, that crap, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, if that starts to happen, modify so more people can stay involved. Yeah. Um, reach out a lot. So, especially if you're starting a group, uh, if people don't show up for a few days, don't be scared to call them or send right, an right. email or a message. It's like, hey, we miss you around the dojo, you know. I would advise against putting this some kind of guilt on them, you know. Like, you know, you don't, you're not into Aikido, fuck right, you. Right. You know, like, don't do that. It's stupid. Um, but, but like, do reach out and touch right, people be, and make them feel right, welcome, right, you know. Because yeah. sometimes people get behind and, like, you know, there's a lot of head games that happen, right. So, like, eh, maybe they had a bad breakup. Or maybe they haven't been around for two weeks and now they feel guilty right, about right, coming right. back. Oh, I or, missed it. Everyone's going to be way yeah, ahead of me. So what sad, am I going to do? You know, you know yeah. yeah. So, so you how know, am I going to get caught up? Create an atmosphere as the group leader um, where people feel like they can stay engaged and involved. You know, and maybe someone doesn't show up for six or seven months, and that's cool. Make them feel like at any time when they right, can, right. they can come back, and that's going to be good. You know. Yeah, and that's I good that's for important. a business school perspective as yeah, well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but and you know, also just good community. Yeah, you know, you yeah, care yeah. about people. Like you know, like we're we're fostering right. community. We really want to do it because we like to hang out with other humans. That's right, why right. we do this, right? Otherwise, we just read our books at home and and flip ourselves. You know, like I don't know whatever weird shit we do. But like you know, you want to be involved in community, so be involved in community. And along with that, I mean, like organize fun things to do beyond Aikido. You know, go yeah. go eat dinner after right, practice yeah, that's awesome. or like that. celebrate people's birthdays. Yeah. Like, go on yeah. a hike. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jump yeah. Jump in we the like waterfall. Yeah, it's super great, you know? Having those, like, group traditions, whatever they are, even if they're little tiny things, you know? like Yeah, we train, then we go get a beer. Right, yeah, whatever, right. And that's know? part of, I feel like that's part of traditional martial arts is having that set kind of structure, whether that's one bow, two bows, um, you know, we all eat dinner after, right, whatever, right, you know, right, whatever yep, that is. Yep. Like, I feel like that people like that, um, that tradition, those little... Uh, repetitive right. things. Oh, this is, do. you know, every week I go and train, and then after uh, we train, we go and eat a Denny's or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I remember, you know, with my jiu-jitsu group, we ate after every class. That's what we did. We yeah. ate, and that was great. You know, yeah. we get to talk more about martial arts. And, and, and there's a lot of stuff that and... happens, actually, in those sure. uh, those sort of uh, settings where you're practicing something in class, and it's like, whatever, but then afterwards, you're talking about it, and you're like, oh, my God. Uh, did this feel this way to you? Oh yeah, it did. Oh my God! And you come to like these realizations mm -hmm. that probably wouldn't have happened if you just went on right, your own right. and sat at yeah. home for the you know. Understand there's a multitude of reasons to join a dojo and decide you know maybe some of them aren't as important to you, but 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 realize that you know I, I belong to a makerspace and I remember this guy came in once and he was uh, uh, interested in joining the makerspace and I was kind of talking to him about all the advantages of the one we had and why it was good and um, he said. Uh, well, mostly I just don't want to be home alone at night anymore. 
Yeah. And it's just like, you kind of broke my heart. You know, it's like, oh, man. Like, yeah. and like, understanding, like, that's sometimes that's the reason why people reason. want to yeah, join yeah, the schools. Yeah, Cause like, yeah, yeah. they just, they just yeah. don't want to be alone anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so, like, and that's cool too. And like, I don't want to be alone and I'm interested in your stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, so make space for people, you know, and like, it's, it's part of community. And like a collective community space, right. you know, like, cause like, as it'll get bigger, definitely like, you're bonded to certain people more than others, you know? And so, like, of course, you're going to like, you have your little group of people that are like good best friends, you know? But, like, make sure that the whole group feels welcome, right. you know? And don't just be like, oh, the three of us are going out after, bye. You know, like, invite everyone. Make it, like, you know, if it's something that everyone can come to, make sure that everyone gets an invite because that'll – people will continue to return for that kind of group and camaraderie, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Whether for or sure. not you love that person, like, bring them in, you right, know, because right, they'll keep right. coming that way, you know? Good. Yeah, I think I think we hit uh, sort of yeah. forty four minutes. Yeah, we hit. Uh, Hopefully that helps, uh, Jared. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know too. Like you know, if um, I think Jared's kind of slant was a little different than we took. I think he wanted more like you know how you get the groups doing things. Oh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. yeah, um, from a practical think, standpoint. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, you know, like you know, like what kind of drills and stuff. And we talked about that a little bit. Maybe I mean, maybe we could come back. Maybe and talk that's about a whole that other. More. Yeah, yeah like as you're setting up, what are the best? Yeah, and I think this kind of went maybe a little more towards you know you're starting a group by yourself. Uh, nowhere what are the logistics right, around right, it right. Um, and I think we, we did a good job yeah. of covering that right well now. maybe we do need to come back and just like here's the, you know you're starting out here's your basic yeah. rolling blah blah yeah. blah yeah, yeah uh, I mean, the so more we got like, another podcast but I think the next podcast Josh wants to do and I want to do this too is uh, 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 tra- training was, shortcuts we, we were trying to uh, figure training out how to, and how to shortcut your training and, and why shortcutting how to your training maximize may your or may training. not be a good idea right. to use shortcuts in training. Maximizing your training. Um, Sounds tantalizing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk about what that means. What's it, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Obviously, yeah, um, you can find us wherever you are. You're listening to us now, so you know how to find <laughs> us. But find us. <laughs> uh, we're on, you know, the iTunes and the Stitchers and the whatnot. Google stuff. Uh, Google that, yeah. stuff. Yeah, you can uh, find us. We would appreciate you either um, leaving us a review, oh, leaving great. us a comment, topic ideas, uh, topic ideas um, anything that you think might be of importance uh, to us or to you as a listener, and we'll try to respond as we can. Um, I really quickly, I actually wanted oh. to make a shout out. Just I've been noticing lately, we have a lot of people from different countries. Oh, nice! Um, oh, let's give out. Some, so I wanted some to kind of shout out. Let's see if we can do it in the language of the country. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> That'll be embarrassing for everyone, including the people in the country. Right, right, let's, right. let's not. Um, so, you know, so obviously we're coming from the United States, but USA. there are... USA. <laughs> oh my God, stop. <laughs> that, you're embarrassing all of us. Um, <laughs> no, so there's a lot of other people in other countries, and I've been looking kind of at, at our, our stats of people, and there are so many different, even, you know, uh, God, like 20 plus countries of people that are listening to us. We've got Australia, the UK, Denmark, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, Japan, Canada, France, Brazil, Philippines, Italy, Sweden, Norway, New Zealand, uh, Austria, Turkey, Costa Rica, Whoa. Ireland, Estonia, and more probably. Awesome. Um, now so, I'm, a, now I'm afraid. Yeah. I feel like i got to step up my game for the international audience. Yeah. The bad thing is they're picking up our English and they think this is normal. Right, right. And they're like, <laughs> they're going to be oh, telling. Yes, I, I just, just learned. Like a, I just states. learned a phrase <laughs> on my favorite podcast. <laughs> oh no! Let me tell you about I, it. I'm a millennial chode bag. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
So anyway, thank you to everyone not from the U.S. Also, I'm yeah. thanks everyone from the U.S. Right, right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, we're always like. No, that of, is true. There's lots of American inside right. jokes and things that we do. Right. So I, and we you also, know. I think, yeah, yeah, you tend to Some get that's very. I, actually, I would love that if you're from another country and we consistently say something, you don't know what the hell that means. Right. Ask, Ask us. I, yeah. Right. Like, there might it's be funny, some. Cause someone, cause we were talking about millennials a lot for a while there, and someone had sent a thing like, what's a millennial? Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't think that that's an American. I mean, it's right. totally an American thing, a right. millennial. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, ask. Cause I, I please, yeah, yeah. Please reach out to us. Um, yeah, shoot us a message on one of our various social medias. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We really appreciate your patience and uh, your continued listenership. <laughs> See you guys later. Take care, guys. Bye.